I'm Alex Wong, and the Wong Takes start now. Whoa, 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 whoa. July kicked off with a bang. Free agency started on July 1st in the NBA. That meant that starting at 9 p.m. on June 30th here in beautiful California, uh, free agency got underway, and you got all of these big names, and we're deciding where they're going to go, and they're deciding where they're going to go, and we've got the Twitter battles between Woj and Shams and Mark Stein that I love, and all this good stuff. And that all culminates in ginormous news stories. And I'm excited because I'm working on a standing desk today. So that means I get to like gesticulate and move around and kind of pace like I'm pacing around right now. Uh, I don't know if you can tell from the audio, but it's just, whew, so much stuff happens, so much stuff to get to. I don't think we're going to have any time, any trouble filling time today. Uh, And so great show for you coming up. Uh, and there's really only one topic that can be the number one story uh, for this episode today, and that is the no, LeBron James going to the Los Angeles Lakers at 5.08 p.m. Pacific Time or 8.08 p.m. Eastern Time. Adrian Wojnarowski, on July 1st, 2018, Adrian Wojnarowski, he was actually not the first to text us. First, it was LeBron's agency group. Then it was a couple other people like uh, Tom Withers of AP. But the, the tweet that verified it came from Woj. It said, and I quote, LeBron James has agreed to four years, $154 million deal with the Lakers, Clutch Sports says. Oh, this when this dropped... I think everyone just collectively went insane. This is a, a this is the first time that I've real well not the first time KD was pretty big, but you know the first time that I've seen this major of a deal go down when I've been conscious of this kind of stuff, and I, I was sitting and I just picked up my phone, saw that it finally happened, and uh, people saw this coming. I mean, apparently, uh, according to I believe it was Michael Wilbon, LeBron had known that he was going to LA for days. Uh, many people close to him, like most of his agency group, knew that he was going to L.A. Many sports writers knew he was going to go to L.A. But with a scoop this big, I mean, of course you want to get ahead of it. But at the same time, if you get this wrong, you're going to create a mass panic and you're going to hurt your reputation greatly. So people are waiting for the official call. And LeBron has, for his credit, been able to keep his stuff a secret and be able to... De- make for himself or say for himself where he's going to go. Uh, we all remember in 2010 the decision, right? He announced where he was going to go on national television in his own words. Uh, I don't think there were any major leaks that got ahead of it. Uh, in 2014, he had the Sports Illustrated letter, right? So he got to tell his own story. Here, I mean, it was kind of it was done more discreetly, but still, I mean, it was done through Clutch Sports first before the uh, other news outlets picked up on it. Uh, I mean, he was able to control his own narrative, and that's what he wants. Now, keep in mind, he's not officially going to be signed with the Lakers until, I believe, it's July 6th. So he still has time to, I mean, technically mull over decision. I've seen articles running around the internet like, LeBron should back out of his deal like DeAndre Jordan did with the Mavs a few years ago. Um, But, you know, I don't think he's going to do that. I mean, LeBron is a calculated man. I'm sure he's mulled this decision over for at least a month. Uh, And he, he knows what 
or not the months since the NBA Finals ended just like three weeks ago. But like he knows what he needs to do, uh, and that and that drove this decision. Now LeBron is going to join a really interesting cast in L.A. Uh, if you don't recall, they've got young stars there: uh, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma. Julius Randle has just departed from the team, uh, but they did pick up some new players: Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson. If you remember blowing in LeBron's ear, Javale McGee. So I saw a really funny tweet the other day uh, that actually just kind of encompasses, I think, everyone's opinion about this. That's from Miles Brown of GQ. It says, The Lakers went to the store and came back with filet mignon, fruit by the foot, salt, a keychain, and a national inquirer. Um, what's for dinner? End quote. So obviously the Lakers have been trying to build a supporting cast around LeBron. Now, it's worth noting that LeBron's deal was for four years, which means he's committing to L.A., and I, I'm not sure if there's an opt-out. It might be a three-plus-one. Uh, but either way, he's committing to L.A. He's not saying, I'm going to ditch after one year. I'm going to ditch after two years. Uh, the Lakers have time to build a team around LeBron. However, um, you're going to need another star if you want to be competitive or you're, if you want to win a title in today's NBA. Uh, the Lakers are obviously competitive. They're going to make the playoffs now that they have LeBron. But the question is, can they make a dent in the NBA playoff hunt? Now, that got a little harder with what the Warriors did just yesterday. We're going to get to that. Um, But these signings are all trying to kind of build the bench of sorts. Um, None of these guys are star players. None of these guys are DeMarcus Cousins or Paul George or even Kawhi Leonard, who still might hop on board on the Lakers train. Um, but I, I bet they're working really hard to do that. I mean, if Kawhi still wants to be a Laker, I'm sure, with this LeBron signing especially. But I think these these are going to be – it's going to be a weird mix of characters in L.A. And going back to that tweet, like, a foot by the foot and a salt, uh, National Enquirer don't really mix well in your stomach. Uh, and in the same way Rajon Rondo is known to not necessarily be a people pleaser all the time, JaVale McGee can – goof off if you don't tap into the right places like the Warriors did, and he can be, you know, Wizards JaVale McGee or Nuggets JaVale McGee. Uh, semi-productive, but not going to win you anything. Uh, and same deal with, you know, Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma. They they they're, they just came off dropping diss tracks against each other. So this is not exactly the most functional of franchises at the, at the moment. Now, LeBron has a history of kind of sort of bringing franchises together. I mean, in Cleveland... He was able to kind of bring up the team with his winning abilities, but they never really totally meshed. I mean, he literally they literally flipped half the roster in the middle of the season uh, and had a GM and a coach fired. So it's going to be weird seeing LeBron having to mix with these characters. Uh, but I think this is going to end up being a good move uh, for him. I mean, L.A. is a totally different lifestyle from Cleveland. One of the main talking points about why LeBron was going to end up leaving Cleveland was because it's a small market and it's not uh, a humongous place to kind of grow yourself uh, professionally or or in the, especially in a sports market. And so you hop over to L.A. and LeBron's not just an athlete. I mean, he's acted in a few things. He's got all of his brands and his sphere of influence, so to speak. And there's no better place to grow it than L.A. I mean, for all of New York's credits as a big city, it doesn't have Hollywood. 
It, it doesn't have all of the movie stars, all of the influencers. That's where L.A. is at. Plus, add to the fact that he already owns two houses there and he's refurbishing one. That all adds up to a really nice fit for LeBron, not only with basketball, but but everywhere else. It might not even be the best basketball fit, um, but it works with everything else. And I think that's a big reason he came over. Uh, if you take into account his family, uh, his, his kids are going to have great high schools to go to. Bronny James is going to have a great basketball high school to go to, plenty of them around L.A. Uh, and I think he's attending one with other uh, former NBA kids like Scottie Pippen's kid and I think uh, is it Kenny Martin's kid or something like that. But either way, um, and his wife loves LA. I mean, he's a he's a family man now. He's not a bachelor or a guy who's just looking to get on the scene. He's settled down. He knows uh, what his priorities are in life, uh, and that this is a calculated decision by a man who feels as such. And with this move, with LeBron, the last major. Uh, or the big power in the East for the last eight-odd years, uh, making the finals eight straight years, which I still don't think we need. We should overlook. Um, with this is continuing the uh, imbalance between the West and the East. I mean, the West is totally and completely dominant of the East now. For context, uh, last year, if you take a look at the standings, the Western Conference had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 teams that had at least 46 wins. And the Eastern Conference had just 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 teams uh, that had at least 46 wins. And this was even this is a more even year uh, than years prior. I mean, years prior, it was, it was even worse. And at the moment, you've got teams like, I don't know, the Wizards and, and the Pistons are getting into the playoffs, and you're cutting out teams like the Nuggets, who might not be a traditional power, but they are looking really good with uh, they're young guys like Jokic. So it's with LeBron moving out, it opens up the Eastern Conference a lot. I mean, now you're going to have a lot of contenders uh, from the Raptors, who just fired their head coach, to the Celtics, who are going to be getting a healthy Kyrie and Gordon Hayward back, and the 76ers, who rose to prominence last year uh, with their young guys like uh, Joel Embiid and, and Darius Sarge and such. Now you get rid of the Cavaliers out of the picture. Now you leave more room for the Pacers with Oladipo. And you have a preemptive favorite in the East now in the Celtics. But it's kind of like taking the lid off of the conference. Because we, we kind of know what to expect from the regular season just from watching the regular seasons of years prior. But what are we going to get in the playoffs without that LeBron force driving it? We got a taste of it last year when, when the Cavs were, were uh, tied up with the Pacers in Game 7. And we're starting to consider what a LeBron-less Eastern playoffs might look like. But now we have to do it for real. Um, and this is going to set up a crazy uh, race in the Western Conference. You've got the Rockets, who even though they lost Trevor Ariza to the Suns, are still really good. Uh, the Warriors, who are the Warriors, and we're going to talk about that later. Um, and now you're going to throw in the Lakers into the mix with, the, with LeBron there. Now you have a not-for-sure Western Conference Finals. The big one of the big matchups is going to be when either the Rockets or the Warriors has to face the Lakers. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be one, two, and then the Lakers are somewhere down below. And I would make I not bet everything. I barring some crazy injury or whatever, I would bet on it that the Rockets, Warriors, and Lakers will be the two or three of the last four teams standing in the Western Conference, uh, just because of the star power and what we've been able to see. 
Now, the LA is going to embrace LeBron, uh, and I have no doubt about that. But this is going to have an effect on Cleveland as well. Uh, the first time LeBron left, Cleveland burned jerseys and then proceeded to win less than 20 games. Uh, this year, they're not burning his jerseys. Thank goodness. Uh, one tweet I saw that was particularly moving was a guy putting a thank you LeBron sign on a jersey. Uh, and that really signifies what he means to the city. But Cleveland's going to take a big hit from this. They're, they're, we- they're better built than they were before. Uh, just because last time he left, they were led by guys like Mo Williams. and uh, I don't even know if Kyrie Irving was drafted yet. Now they've got Kevin Love, they've got Colin Sexton, uh, they've got uh, Larry Nance, Jordan Clarkson, etc. I mean, they're not going to be a cellar dweller now. Uh, they, they might make the playoffs, but they're, they're officially out as far as championship and Eastern Conference competition goes. Also, there's the other pain that the city will have to endure because of LeBron's departure, which is tourism and attendance and uh, just business in general. I mean, LeBron brings so much to a city. Uh, It's like a prized fighter coming to town. Uh, Now, of course, in L.A., that's almost a drop in the bucket, so to speak, but in a city like Cleveland, which is a big city, but not not in... It's a big city for the region, not in the grand scheme of things in the United States or even the world. Uh, like especially like not like LA is, so you're gonna ha- you're gonna see a big drop uh, in the economy. But I think Cleveland will be fine. They've got more than they did. Like I said, they're not gonna fall into a pit of misery, uh, and so I think that's that's an interesting thing to look at. Now we could talk so much more about LeBron, and I'm sure we will as, as more stuff unfolds in the following weeks. But there's another big story in free agency, and that happened yesterday. The Marcus Cousins going to the Golden State Warriors. This was a bit of a shocker, uh, both in terms of where he went. Uh, he's a free agent. Any team could have picked him up. Uh, and yet, the most stacked team in the league gets him. Uh, and also for the price, a one-year $5.3 million. For contrast, the player max is somewhere around 30 to $40 million. This is what Steph Curry and Kevin Durant are signed on for. And I heard reports he was going to the Lakers for $20 million. I think that was on ESPN. Uh, he could have gone there, uh, other places, for much more than this. And he took a mid-level exception, which allows teams like the Warriors to exceed the salary cap and get more, get more signees. And he signs with Golden State. Jeez. So, I, I, I can't really emphasize this. Like, this is the Warriors starting lineup next year once Boogie comes back. Uh, Stephen Curry at the point. Kevin Dur- or Clay Thompson at the two. Durant at the three. Draymond Green at the power forward position. And then Boogie Cousins at the center position. <sighs> That's really a team to reckon with. Uh, and this is an all-NBA starting lineup, basically, which is what I've been saying. Um, and that's something I don't know if we've ever seen before. It's an all-star. They, people joked about how the Warriors had an all-star team on their own roster. And they basically do now. Um, now that you took Zaza slash JaVale and replaced him with replaced them with DeMarcus Cousins. Now, how did this happen? Uh, well, DeMarcus Cousins has got a reputation as a uh, locker room killer. 
that he is a guy not unlike Dwight Howard who is going to get you buckets. He averaged 25 points last year. He's going to get you buckets, but he's also a little bit selfish. He also wants the ball a lot. He also is not afraid to voice his concerns and get texts and all that good stuff. Speaking of which, you got DeMarcus Cousins and, and Draymond Green on the same team. That was going to be a little crazy with the text. But either way, that stopped a lot of teams from signing him. But I think what happens when, when you've established a winning culture like the Warriors do and you're able to contain Draymond Green, who might have become a Boogie Cousins-like figure in any other locker room, guy like JaVale McGee, like I mentioned earlier, who's known for goofing off, but with the Warriors was able to become a productive spark and a productive bench player. The Warriors are not afraid to take on anyone. Heck, they could even probably reform Dwight Howard. Um, so that's part of the reason that the Warriors decided to take him on was because they can afford to take him on. Even if he's a bad fit with them, they have enough talent to just suck it up for one year and then just ship him out. It, so he's probably going to end up being gone anyway. It's just uh, they don't have enough room on the cap uh, to sign him long term. So, and also uh, his injury. He suffered a non-contact uh, torn Achilles in January. And he's not expected to be back until December 2018, January 2019. Now, of course, Boogie Cousins is saying, I can be back by training camp. But that's realistically probably not going to happen. And then the Warriors are a pretty conservative team with injuries. Uh, they've held many people out for long periods of time, like Durant and Curry and even their coach, Steve Kerr. Uh, so they're not going to be, a f- and they have enough talent to just steamroll the competition in the meantime, or, or at least be in, in the top four in the Western Conference. So they're not afraid, and other teams might have been worried that we're not going to get output out of Boogie Cousins immediately, and if we don't want to sign him long term, we just get him for three months and then we're done. Like the Pelicans, they only got him for one year. And they didn't really end up getting much from him. They shipped Buddy. They traded essentially Buddy Heald and a first-round pick for like uh, some guy on the Warriors uh, or the or some guy on the Lakers, like Julius Randle. And so you're not getting a big return on investment from Boogie. It's a big risk, big reward type of scenario. And the Warriors are one of the only teams that can afford to take that on in this type of competitive, top-heavy environment like the NBA is now. Because they are such a strong team that even without Boogie, they can still win a lot. And then with Boogie, it's just like having the icing on the cake. So the completion of this free agency deal when it goes down is a means that the Warriors are a complete team. Uh, what were they missing? They were missing last year. They weren't missing much. But you have shooters, all-time historically great shooters, in Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant. You have an isolation presence that can get you buckets when, when no one else can. That's Kevin Durant. Uh, you have Draymond Green, who is the heart of the team. So you have the stereotypical heart of the team. And also a guy who can do everything for you. He can uh, spread the floor. He can run the point. Uh, he can bully ball down low and guard one through five, etc. And now you add Boogie Cousins, who can also spread the floor. He can also uh, play outside the paint, but he's also a dominating presence inside the paint. It's essentially like you adding an Anthony Davis light. No offense to DeMarcus Cousins. And so how are you going to stop the Warriors now? Essentially what you have to do is you have to get into their bench. Uh... With this mid-level exception, they are still uh, 
maintaining about the same bench they had before. But, you know, you lose JaVale McGee, you lose Armin Caspi. Uh, so it's going to be more or less the same bench you had last year. Uh, and their bench last year wasn't the best. You had some spark plugs on occasion, but as a whole, that was where you could get to the Warriors, and it's going to be the same thing next year. You're going to have to survive the storm that is their starting lineup. But the thing with adding a DeMarcus Cousins is you add depth to your bench, too. Uh, you're not going to play all your bench guys at the same time. You're going to have at least one starter in there. And before it was, okay, you can leave Steph Curry in with the starters. Then it was leave Kevin or with the bench. Then it was leave Kevin Durant with the bench. And now it can be leave DeMarcus Cousins or Kevin Durant or Steph Curry or Klay Thompson or Draymond Green with the bench while you can still rest four of your starters. And now you have four of your starters ready to go, which is basically just as good as five of your starters. This gets more insane the more I talk about it. But the point is the Warriors are going to be really good next year. Uh, they're, they're more than even money favorite. They actually were before this trade went down or this free agent deal went down. But there are prohibitive favorites to win the title next year, and people are already looking to 2020. Uh, and I don't know if it's a wrap. Uh, it's going to make some fun, make for some fun battles in the playoffs. But, man, these Warriors are going to be crazy next year. And the last big story from uh, free agency was the Paul George decision, uh, for me at least, and that was to stay in OKC. Now, this is a big deal for Paul George himself. Uh, he's opting to stay with his current team with Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. Uh, and he's choosing them where they didn't get out of the first round over teams like the Lakers, where he was projected to go, where his hometown team and where he said he wanted to go in the long term when he left the Pacers. Man, this is an interesting decision. So you are losing out on the opportunity to play with LeBron and play with um and play with in LA where you wanted to play your hometown I think uh and you're choosing to stay with Sam Presti and Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder he is making a big choice especially signing long term signing uh 3 plus 1 I this might be a mistake uh you're staying in a small market which might not be the worst thing but I think the bigger deal is where the NBA is shifting. The NBA is shifting out of Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City's window has pretty much passed. Uh, they've got three stars and they're all aging. So uh, unless they can get another big name, it's going to be tough for them to get past teams like the Warriors and the Lakers. Heck, even the Blazers, uh, it might be hard for them to get past. They'll have another. They'll have more years to update their chemistry and update how they play together and all of that good stuff. But this is a risk, and I, I, it's good that he's willing to take it. But the fact that he didn't go to LA is kind of a big change for the rest of the league. I mean, if we were expecting a super team in LA, we might not end up getting one. We might get one that's just built around LeBron. Uh, yeah, we do, of course, we don't know how next year is going to go, but Paul George locking himself in for so long uh, is is going to sh- is going to mean that the balance of power is going to stay roughly the same. Uh, he's only 28 years old. He was probably the besides Kawhi Leonard, the last big superstar on the market, uh, besides Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James. So him locking in is, is going to change a lot. Credit to the Oklahoma City Thunder, of course, for making a convincing enough sales pitch, not only before he made the decision, 
or right before he made the decision, but also just during the course of the season saying, this is a place where I can play. Also kind of helps Russell Westbrook indirectly saying stars can play with me. I mean, James Harden left him, Kevin Durant left him. Um, but now you've assembled this team around him. Uh, that's something he can really run with. And they seem to really get along. Russ, or Paul George denounced it at Russell Westbrook's party, where Carmelo Anthony wasn't, interestingly. But yeah, so that's our free agency talk for this week. Well, Cup, we're just going to give you some quick hitters as we are deep into the round of 16. Uh, it's more powers going down. I think, I'm not sure if they had gone down by last week, but, you know, Germany's out of it, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But also Argentina got knocked out of it, Lionel Messi's squad, uh, losing to France 4-3. to Ronaldo's out after he lost to Uruguay 2-1. to Spain's out, who were one of the main favorites to win it all, uh, losing to the host country, Russia. Uh, controversial late non-penalty call uh, had them eventually sent the game into penalties. Um, and it's always good when the host nation wins for the economy and ratings and everything. Uh, Mexico's out, losing, I think it's the seventh straight time in the round of 16, 2-0 to Brazil. Uh, Belgium is barely escaped. This was a thrilling game. I watched it start to end. Uh, Japan took a 2-0 lead. Everything looked good for them. It was the second half, and then Brazil, or I mean Belgium comes back and go bang, bang, uh, to tie it up. And then in the 94th minute, the last possible moment, a corner kick by Japan turns into a counter. And if you have a chance to watch it, you should check it out. It is beautiful. They run it perfectly. You can see everything unfolding as it goes. You can see where the passes are going. You're like, oh, Japan, Japan, be careful. And Belgium scores in the last possible minute. I might just go watch that again now that I've got the highlights up just because it's so beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but that's the scores for the World Cup so far. Um, oh, yeah, Switzerland, top 10 team, knocked out uh, of the race, losing to Sweden. One nothing. That was just this morning. So we've got some great semi-quarterfinal matchups set up for us. Uruguay-France is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Brazil-Belgium, likewise. I mean, Belgium, I didn't know this, and people in the U.S. might not know this, but Belgium's sneakily gone up to third place in the, in the worldwide FIFA rankings. Uh, and they're going to take on Powers Brazil, who I now are the favorite to win it all. And they look like a complete team against Mexico. Uh, they were swarming. They were not letting uh, Mexico really get any major chances or, or m many major chances. Uh, Neymar with his moment of brilliance uh, coming on the great end of a cross and then Firmino ending it in the 88th minute to make it 2-0. I, I'm just maybe impromptu prediction. Even though they're not the best team... I, I really like France. Uh, I've always had an affection for uh, Le Bleu. Uh, that's the horrible bastardization of French. Um, I, I don't know. I just like France. Um, plus, they've got the young star Mbappe that scored two goals, or who scored two goals against Argentina. Um, Brazil's, even though they look really good, they lost in the semifinals 7-1 in the last World Cup. See if they can overcome those demons if they get there. Belgium looked pretty bad against Japan for 25 minutes or so, and they conceded twice. And Russia is Russia. Uh, they're not strong enough. They're the worst-ranked team in, in the field, and it's a miracle they've gotten this far. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, keep watching. 538 World Cup predictions 
are always up and updating. So check those out as well. Quick take. Oh, by the way, did you know that on their college application, the University of Southern California, or USC as it's more affectionately known, has quick takes on their application? I went there for a, a thingy and I, and I saw that. And I'm like, ooh, funny. Anyway, uh, obviously they copied it from me. Moving on. Uh, the Lakers are targeting more people, courtesy Bleacher Report. The title guy, Damian Lillard, Kevin Love, John Wall, etc. Yeah, so um, the Lakers need to build around LeBron. I've said it a bunch of times, uh, and I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, this is not enough. And the key for them at this point is not necessarily who is gonna br- they're going to bring over, because really anyone can fit with LeBron the way he's constructed uh, game-wise. But it's who's going to fit in the cap. Uh, and I saw a great piece that says this is going to be really tough for the Lakers to get a guy like Kawhi Leonard just because of uh, how much they've had to sign people for uh, and how much it's going to take to get a guy like that. They're going to need a Boogie Cousins type deal or something a little better than that. Or they're going to have to outload a lot of assets. So interesting to add another, add another point guard like Lillard or DeMar DeRozan or, or John Wall. I mean, looking down this list, it's basically just a laundry list of some of the best guards in the league, but that are on middling teams, uh, and then plus Kevin Love. So I legitimately don't really know what to expect anymore out of this free agency period. It's been crazy so far, um, and I will not be surprised with whatever we see, but, you know, whatever they do, we will be here to react to it. Uh, and that's what we do here on the Wong Takes on our 52nd episode. Wow. Uh, we're coming up on a year, guys, so send me all of your good stuff. Thank you so much for listening to The Long Takes. You know how to talk to The Long Takes. Longtakes at gmail.com, bit.ly slash longtakes, patreon.com slash The Long Takes. Send fan questions, voicemails, etc., etc., etc. If you need to know how to do any of that, just email me. Uh, rate podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to the podcast on both of those places because that means that you get them constantly in your feed and you don't have to search it every time you want to listen. Uh, You can even turn off automatic downloads if you want. So thank you so much for listening. Hey, we're over 30 minutes and I will see you next week.